served with hoorah. You don't know how you're supposed to earn it or what to do with it or how to keep it. You're a freak with a dark, shameful secret. But you're not the only one. Get your hidden financial fears with a blast of sun. Now your healing has begun. It's bad with money with Gabby. Done. Hello and welcome to this week's Bad with Money mailbag episode. I'm Gabby Dunn. This week's Wednesday episode was a fascinating and thought-provoking conversation with Dr. Alex Ketchum, who studies the queer, feminist, and lesbian history of restaurants about how to run a lesbian and feminist coffeehouse, bar, or bookstore, the long and fascinating history of women-run queer and feminist spaces and restaurants in the U.S., and Gabby's own torn ideas of being community-minded while needing to sell their work. That's me. That's me from the description. I have conflicted feelings, as always, on this show. When am I not conflicted? Actually, there are times that I'm very, (laughs) my opinion is very known. Then I spoke to the fiscal femme, Ashley Feinstein-Gersley, about how women learn business at traditional business schools, getting certified by WBENC as an official women-led, women-owned business, and the limitations of quote-unquote financial adulting. Bleh, that word, adulting, yikes. On today's show, we're going to read a five-star Apple review about capitalism, an email criticizing our medical tourism episode from a Mexican listener, one about medical liens, and another about doing medical testing studies for money. Then an email from Mary about being a caretaker for a disabled child and who money media leaves behind in this world. So first, here is my Apple review that I loved. It's from Harper Phillips, and it says, A must for anti-capitalists. Gabby is the best. This show has been such a huge part of transforming my relationship with money for the better. It's been my guide for learning how to talk about money openly and without shame. With exceptional nuance and an intersectional perspective, if you're an anti-capitalist who doesn't want to get run over by our financial system, this show is a must. Thank you, Gabby. Wow, that's amazing. Put that on the front of the entire show. That is a really good summary. Great review. If you leave a five-star Apple review, I will read it. Thank you so much for that one, Harper Phillips. That was really lovely. Okay, here is an email from Anna, and it says, Hi, Gabby. This is Anna from Mexico City. I've been listening to Bad With Money since the first season was posted, and I have loved it ever since. Even when finances, and specifically taxes and investments, work a little differently in Mexico, I have really enjoyed this new turn the podcast has taken after the first season. I have to say that I wasn't so in love with this specific episode, though. To be honest, I felt like it was lacking a little depth in how this medical tourism impacts Mexico. Kurt talked about the medical system in Mexico almost in a way that felt false. Medical tourism is actually creating a kind of gentrification, for lack of a better word. The reality is that people in Mexico usually don't have access to great health care. Actually, half of the COVID patients that fell into our public medical system died because of everything that's wrong with our system. Doctors who barely have time to see patients, a lack of medical supplies, and terrible hospital conditions. What Kurt describes in your episode is what a very few percentage of the population, maybe less than 10%, can afford, which is private hospitals and private medical attention. He talked about great quality and beautiful hospitals. That's private care. Of course, this looks affordable for U.S. citizens, but for Mexicans, it isn't at all. What happens when Americans come to Mexico is that the prices start rising because Americans can afford them and Mexicans are unable to get proper care. This episode sounded a little like an encouragement for medical tourism, and although I absolutely believe that healthcare is a right and no one should be unable to get proper care, I mean, I got my COVID vaccine in Dallas because hashtag privileged, 
I think that we should also be aware of how this is impacting other people. I hope you don't find this email as hate or anything. As I said, I absolutely love your podcast and you had no way of knowing this because Kurt didn't take the time to explain or didn't care because this is his business. I'm here if you want to know more. Love, Anna. Thank you so much. Yeah, I touched on this a bit in the outro, but definitely not as much where I talk about how um, they are flying in physicians and surgeons from other countries to treat Americans in Mexico, um, specifically like from America. So they're taking like surgeons from Milwaukee or Mississippi or something and flying them into Mexico to perform the surgeries on American patients there. Uh, and I talked a little bit, I mentioned that it probably displaces actual Mexican people. Um, and so thank you, Anna, for writing in and explaining it more in depth um, and explaining it in a way that I think my audience really needed to hear. So I do appreciate that. I'm sure other people felt the same way. I obviously have, you know, an American mindset that doesn't always lend itself to uh, the full scope or picture of what's going on. So thank you for bearing with me. And I did not take it as hate at all. In fact, I love to be corrected. Okay, this is an email from Mary. Hello, Gabby. I am writing in as a response to the white feminism episode and the talk about unpaid work. I'm a personal assistant to a little girl and I love my job. The people I work with, not just the little girl, but her friends and family are wonderful. I learned so much from her. I get to re-educate myself all the time with small courses that the company pays for. I never have any deadlines. I care for a person and help her live her life. It is super fulfilling. However, how does this coincide with white feminism, you ask? The pay is shit. It is a very feminine-driven job and is therefore not as appreciated as other forms of work. Even if my job is supported by law here in Sweden, all people with disabilities are eligible for assistance and to decide what to do with their lives. Even if I have a vow of silence, that means I cannot speak of any details of the people I work with without going to prison. Even if I have to deal with life-saving medications. Even if my job is making sure a person is living a worthy life. My job is still seen as unimportant and not needing to pay well. Even with our laws here in Sweden, so many disabled people still rely on their parents, mostly moms, to take care of them. Gabby, you asked who are we leaving behind, and I thought of all the mothers who changed their lives to take care of their disabled children. I see it everywhere. I love my job and I want to continue to do it, but I am not sure how long I can stand the low pay. It is a sad truth, but one I have had to deal with. I hope you do another episode on disabilities and all the unpaid and badly paid care that goes into it. Love your shows, Mary. Wow, Mary, I loved that email. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you so much for bringing a perspective from Sweden. Thank you so much for bringing up uh, disability, especially parents taking care of children with disabilities and the way that the government and um, I mean, it seems like not just in the US, but where you are in Sweden and everywhere could do a much better job providing services and incentivizing people to provide services for people in our society who really need the services. So, I mean, that was just a really fascinating email. Thank you so much for writing it in. I read it and I was really taken aback by this, this idea that these mothers who do unpaid work popped into your head first when we were talking about who gets left behind. And, um, and I appreciate your perspective because I would not have come up with that on my own. Okay, this is from Chelsea. And it says, Hello, Gabby. I recently started listening to you after a long hiatus of being sucked into true crime podcasts and noticed that your next episode focused on medical tourism. It made me wonder if you had ever heard of medical liens and if it would be a great subject for an episode. 
High-level detail is your insurance, Medicare, Medicaid, employer-provided, TRICARE, VA, military, tribes, etc. Have the right, whether through the policy you signed or through United States Code, to take a portion of all of your settlement from a party that injured you to reimburse themselves for the money they spent on your medical care. You should also investigate the legal system's use of multi-district litigations which favor businesses and group thousands of injured patients using a matrix to determine level of injury and cap what their recovery would be from the business that injured them. Out of this multi-district litigation complex was a small industry of companies that would administer the claims process as well as handle the financial affairs of the court case and I worked at one of them. It was heartbreaking to break it to injured parties that the money that they thought they were going to get as a settlement was going to be instead divided among their attorney, 40%, the court, our fees, and whatever insurance paid or provided care for their injury, and they would end up with way less. The type of cases I worked on were defective medical devices. Thanks. Damn! I did not realize that if you get uh, a settlement for being injured, it's really cut up in that way. I thought you just got a settlement. Um, wow, I didn't know about that. I guess the theme of this episode is things I really didn't know about. So thank you for writing in, Chelsea. If someone has experience with that, write in again because uh, I didn't know that they took all that money out and you didn't really get all the money that you win. So that sucks to hear. Okay, here's an email from Deirdre. Hi, Gabby. In response to your question about selling your body, yes, I have done a ton of medical studies for money. I have had blood drawn, MRIs done, even did some pain studies where they put heat and cold against my skin to test my pain response, and one where they shocked me. (laughs) Holy shit, Deirdre. Holy shit. Okay, back to your email. I looked at it as a win-win. I make some extra money, which I need at the time, and they get medical research done. But I'd also love an episode about the pros and cons of this way of making money. I'd totally listen to both sides with great interest. On an unrelated note, as a zillennial who loves a physical book, is there any chance your new book will be coming out in physical form? Or should I just get over myself and read it on script? Keep up the great work, Deirdre. Uh, And they uh, spelled zillennial with an X, showing that they are in fact Gen X and millennial, not Gen Z and millennial. So Deirdre, uh, unfortunately, the book will not be in physical form. It is just an audio book or an ebook. It's out on script. It's called Stimulus Rec. It's my brand new book. And uh, if you if you like listening to the podcast, why not listen to the audiobook Because I read it. So uh, I hope that uh, alleviates any of the pain of not reading a physical book. <laughs> okay, when we return, I'm going to talk about some discussions on the Discord channel, including a Canadian reflection on landlords, GeoBlue insurance, deciding if your vet is a scam, and a detailed Discord comment about veganism and eating disorders. <laughs> Okay, so let's get into it on the Discord. So this was a very interesting Discord comment because I was talking about uh, an email from, I think, Nadine last week about uh, if it's ever ethical to own property. And this person said, uh, for me personally, a white settler in so-called Canada, I'm not interested in being a landlord, but I am interested in helping start a housing co-op as I think it's a great alternative to the capitalist model. And since co-ops aren't owned by one person, I think they would work well with a land trust model, which could potentially be managed by the local indigenous tribes. So it would also be cool to have guests talk about housing co-ops and land trusts. Side note, co-ops would be a great episode topic on their own. Not just housing co-ops, but also worker co-ops, customer co-ops, etc. I've been part of several types of co-ops and they are great. I also know people who work in the co-op world if you need guest suggestions. 
Uh, yes. And also for the Discord, I don't read your username unless you tell me I can because I find Discord to be a little bit private. So uh, I did not read this person's username. But yes, this is very interesting. I would love to do an episode on co-ops. Um, and I am also very interested in doing an episode with someone who believes all landlords are bastards. Um, so if you know anyone who talks about that or who is very anti-owning property, I would love to talk to someone with that really strong opinion. Okay, this is a Discord comment about GeoBlue Insurance, and it says, I'm listening to the medical tourism episode, and as someone who traveled for work and has seen doctors in Indonesia, Dubai, and Greece, I prefer them all to the U.S. medical system. It was so much faster and cheaper. I don't know if there were less people using the service, so there was less of a wait, but I found it easier to see a doctor in those countries than in the U.S. I always had GeoBlue medical insurance, so I always had everything reimbursed. Thank you for this comment. If you have not looked into GeoBlue Insurance, check it out. Um, I think that that is something that allows you to have insurance globally. Uh, I had never heard of it prior to this comment, so I just wanted to flag that here in case people were interested. Okay, this is a Discord comment about pet insurance. There was someone who wrote in to the last episode talking about how they weren't sure if their <laughs> vet was a scam, if their veterinarian was scamming them. Um, so this is a comment from the Discord that says, just wanted to pop in in case the person who emailed about pet insurance is on the Discord. It's a good call to question if they're scamming you. Always ask why they're prescribing a specific medication and talk about options. My current vet tends to suggest a very expensive liquid medication first, non-refundable if it doesn't work, then a very exclusive capsule version, then finally a significantly cheaper capsule. Despite all three having equal chance of success, she couldn't explain why she chose the pricier one first. Find out the average income of the area your vet is located in. If they're in a wealthier area, that may affect what care they provide and what they assume you can afford. Yes, huge, huge. This is great advice. Thank you to the person who wrote this in. Um, coming up in the next couple weeks, we will have an entire episode about pet insurance and about paying your veterinarian, about paying for your pet. So stay tuned for that. We're going to do a whole episode about it. But yes, that is great advice. The Discord is full of great advice. I love the Discord. Okay. So now we're going to read a comment uh, that is from a vegan about our veganism episode. I'm a vegan who is critical of veganism, and I actually discourage most people from becoming strict vegans. Instead, I encourage people to focus on making our food system more equitable, which also includes ending factory farming, and taking a collective approach rather than an individual one. One of my main criticisms of veganism is that food legalism promotes perfectionism, which is a capitalist and ableist principle that is weaponized to shame marginalized individuals, and it encourages disordered eating, and it frames activism as individualistic consumerism, which is not accessible to many, and misses the point of grassroots organizing. I personally eat a plant-based diet because it's what's best for my body, i.e. I don't like meat and I'm intolerant to dairy, and my IBS is better with plant proteins. But my diet is not what makes me an activist. My involvement with community action is where I see my political power. If other vegans really want to reduce factory farming, we need to stop moralizing our diets. Let's focus on making vegan food more accessible and without judgment. And more people might actually reduce their animal consumption, even if they aren't fully vegan. Here's an article I wrote several years ago called Is Veganism an Eating Disorder? Based on my own experience with disordered eating and veganism. And then I'm going to link to this person's article below. Um, she wrote it for something called seasonalbody.org. So I'm going to link to the article. She continues, 
I also talk about this topic when I was interviewed on the Full Bloom podcast, which is a show about body positivity and anti-diet culture geared towards parents, but relevant to others. I talk about the tensions between food justice and body positivity with a focus on veganism. And then I'll also link to the episode this person was on. Side note, I no longer use the term body positivity in my work because it has been co-opted, but it was a term that I was using at the time. I now use the term body liberation, though it is also starting to be co-opted. Thank you so much for this comment and for um, linking me to these episodes and this writing. I think this will be really useful for people. Um, So I'm going to leave all that in the description. I assume from that people will know who you are. Uh, But hopefully that's okay uh, because you seem to be a very public person when it comes to this stuff. And I love to promote my listeners. If you're on anything or, or, or appear on something, let me know. I'd love to support you. So a couple more things. Every Wednesday, I do a show on an app called AMP. It's called This Week in Gay. I do it live every uh, Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific time. You guys have called in. It's been super fun talking to you live. Go for it. Go over there and call in and we get to have a little convo and it's super fun and it's so exciting to get to talk to you guys. It's like a little phone conversation. A second thing is that if you are a member of my Patreon, patreon.com slash Gabby Dunn, merch is being sent out. You are going to get some merch with the Bad With Money logo on it, whether it's a sticker or a tote bag or something else. But yes, if you have been a patron for a while, your merch is getting sent in the mail. If you want other merch, you can go to gabbydunn.com slash shop and my sister will send it right to you from my garage. It's a two-person operation over here. I also, yes, want to promote Stimulus Rec. We talked about it. It is my Scribd original. Please go get it. You can get it for free at try.scribd.com slash done 60. Now, we talked about write-in episodes. We did one for pet insurance. I want to do another write-in episode where you guys talk to me about your childcare costs, your pregnancy costs, your surrogacy and IVF costs. So if you have stories about this, personal stories that you want to share or advice that you want to share, please write in. I want to do a whole episode just with your stories and voicemails and voice memos. The more voicemails and voice memos, the better, honestly, because I love hearing your voices. And I think like it really helps people connect to you if you um, share your story with your voice. Um, So yes, I would love to hear from you. Please be sure to send me an email about literally anything at all. But if you want to send an email about childcare, pregnancy, surrogacy, and IVF, Please be sure to send me an email at gabbyisbadwithmoney at gmail.com or leave me a voicemail at 844-474-4040. I love a voicemail. You can also email me a voice memo if you prefer. That would be so preferable for the childcare, pregnancy, surrogacy, and IVF costs conversation. But if you just want to talk about anything, you can talk about anything. Join our online communities too. We're on Instagram, Discord, TikTok, Patreon, and Facebook. I just started using TikTok way more. The Discord is, as always, popping off. Links to all of these will be listed in the episode description. Don't forget to listen to the show the day it drops so we can get on the charts and spread the word. Also, we have some very exciting news coming up soon. A lot of changes happening here at Bad With Money. So stick around. Uh, You'll probably know about those in a couple weeks. Okay, thanks. Love you. Bye. Done. 